Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. I'm Kristen. And tonight we talk about to dry or not to dry. That is the question. Shut. Oh no, shut up. Um. Anyway, before we get started, two things. One, if you enjoy this show, would you please consider subscribing or following and or liking? Um. Go ahead. We'll wait. It's cool. You, right there. Hit the the little thumbs up button and the and ding the bell. All right. So anyway, uh, and the other thing is, before we get into that, how was your week? Okay. I mean, nothing. Again, it's kind of like nothing big going on. Uh, doing database consulting work. A uh, few little projects here with regard to that. Rails consulting's kind of been in a holding pattern, waiting for people to get back to me. Uh, so I've been working on my own thing, developing out an integration with a, another system to send data uh, requested by a client. So I've been working on that. It's kind of interesting giving the estimation because they're like, well, how long do you think it'll take you to build this interface? And I'm like, a month. But really and truly, the number of hours, it's probably 15 hours of work, but it's do an hour or two, hit a roadblock, need a question answered, send off the email, wait a day or two, then you finally get the response. Then you can do another hour of work. Oh, another question comes up, you know, because there's an entirely new interface, new API. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, how do you want to insert the data? And oh, when you insert an email, there's all these different email types. Do you want us to use one that exists? Do you want us to create a new one? You know, so there's myriad of questions. So it's probably about 15 hours of work spread over a month or more. <laughs> so that's a little frustrating because it's, you know, the whole thing getting into the flow and then your flow is immediately disrupted and you got to put it off for sometimes days for someone to get back to you with a response. Yeah. But that's kind of been... Well, that's been a recent for us frustration, and it's it. I don't know what you could do to avoid it. it. It is what it is. So I'm not saying people aren't getting back to me, you know, in timely fashion. It's just it's the nature of things. Yeah. So that's why I say, even though a 15 hour job can take a month, that's why. <laughs> this is true. So what about you? Uh, so I I've been doing a lot of the. PM nitnoids over the past week, just lots of little jumping back and forth between different tickets, escalation tickets and organization tasks and stuff like that. But we did have an interesting discussion today. We had a, we had a meet today with, um, across the, a, a number of the engineer teams about, um, styling. Um, like, like how you style your code? Right, exactly. Okay. And this came up because we were we were starting to see as we as we were bringing new people on, you know, everybody has their own way they like to write their code and their own style things. And what we were starting to see is somebody would modify a file and change this style to the way they wanted it. And then, you know, a week oh later, gosh. somebody else modifies it and changes this style back to the way they had it. And then, it, you know, there was some back and forth and then there was style that was all over the place. And 
and we were like, no, this is this is okay. Stop. <laughs> too many people with with their hands in the pot here. We've got to have a a standard. Um, so we actually spent about an hour today uh, going through a RuboCop YAML and talking about a bunch of the style cops that are in there um, and standardizing it and, you know, voting on, do we want this? Do we not want this? Right. Yeah. And it kind of, it, it kind of made me think about, I think that would probably be a pretty interesting show to talk about some of those things, because it turns out that, there was a lot of contention on some of those items. Yeah. People were, you know, you wouldn't think, oh, putting spaces in hashes is that is not a really big deal. Turns out that's a really big deal. <laughs> some people just really got bent about it. So it was so I like thought a that space would, where like like if you pad like after a comma, you mean? Or? No, no, no. Like inside hashes. Mm -hmm. If you pad spaces. Oh, okay. But, you know, yeah. like the, and the standard, I think, in the Ruby community is, or at least the Ruby guide standard, I think, is you, you put spaces inside hashes, but not inside parentheses on the ends. So That's what I tend to do, but so I, do I probably break it sometimes. But, but you'd be amazed at how how much people really dig in on stuff like that. It was... It was it was kind of funny. I mean, nobody got nasty about it, but there was big discussions about well, the different people's OCDs going on. Right. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. I just thought that might be a fun show to do sometime. Talk about those things. Um, sure. Anyhow. So that's been mostly my week. So dry. Do we dry? Do we not dry? Well, there's a big I think, first of all, we need to. Um, Identify, uh, define that and talk about what the th what theory is versus what reality is. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not so much up on the theory. You know, I I mean, I kind of do what I do. But right. anyway, in terms of getting started, yeah. So whenever you hear "dry," it basically is an acronym that people tend to use. Don't repeat yourself, and so basically, don't have blocks of code in more than one place that are kind of doing fundamentally the same thing. <clears throat> and this came from the book, uh, to my from my understanding, The Pragmatic Programmer by uh, Andy Hunt and Dave Thomas. That's where I first ran into it. Fantastic book, by the way. Read it if you haven't. Yep. And one thing that was interesting in my searching of this is that there's also an acronym called WET, which I wasn't familiar with, but I've read up on it. <laughs> and some people have it's can some people have a derogatory perspective towards it, like they dislike it. And then some people say, oh, this is acceptable behavior. And the derogatory comments, wet means write everything, excuse me. The derogatory comments are we enjoy typing. <laughs> and the second one was wasting everyone's time. Nice. But the one that is kind of helpful is write everything twice. 
Now that kind of a little bit sounds like, you know, double entry bookkeeping or test-driven development. You're going to write your test and then you're going to do the implementation type thing, but it's a little bit different and we'll kind of get into the write everything twice uh, reason for that. And there's an evolution of that that I've heard that doesn't really come with an acronym unless you want to call it rot. <laughs> so we've got wet, dry, rot. Exactly. <laughs> nice. And rot is rule of three. So the write everything twice goes to, you know, you don't want to prematurely optimize your code and abstract something out. If you're just going to write something once, don't worry about it. Um, but once you write something twice, then maybe start thinking about abstractions. And, and some people say, wait to do until you do it three times. So now one thing that I was looking at is, and that was mentioned in the Pragmatic Programmer's book is that dry is kind of all about knowledge. So basically don't place knowledge of the business domain in more than one location. Keep it all localized to one location. And it's not strictly about duplication of code. So if you have code that's duplicated in some per perspectives, that's fine as long as you're not duplicating the knowledge. Now that's a little bit gets into the theory. I don't know if you have an, any opinions on that. Um, well, first I want to kind of make a demarcation between your, your business code and your test code. I'm not terribly concerned about dry and test code. In fact, I think you should repeat yourself in test code because it's more readable in individual tests. So I'm, let's kind of exclude the test domain from this conversation, I think. Um, and, but that's also not to say that dry is bad for tests. No, no, no. And I will just, dry up tests sometimes, but yeah, cause, I, I'm not yeah, as aggressive gonna, about it. Yeah. Because if you're going to, but, you know, if you see yourself doing that, does that mean, if you're doing that too much, does that direct to, huh, maybe I need to actually make this a method. If you see yourself doing the same sequence, is this something that actually should be a method in your code and not your tests? Right. So that your tests could just call that, you know. Right. So, yeah, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't pay attention to dry in your tests. I'm just saying I don't see a need to be nearly as aggressive about it. And yeah. and the flip side of that coin is I think if you get too aggressive about drying in your tests, it can actually cause readability problems there because tests are more isolated and really want a snapshot of everything that's going on from this one view. So it's a little bit of a different different argument in the test domain. Um, so I, I, you know, when I'm saying things here about dry, I'm talking primarily about the business code domain. Yeah. And that was my assumption when I was writing the notes yeah. for tonight, not so much the test. Yeah. So, um, where was I going with that? I don't no, know. You said you just wanted to establish that and that that's oh, fine. Yeah. I just didn't know if you had any comments on the dry is all about knowledge in the business domain and not du duplicating knowledge in more than one place as opposed to strict duplication of code. Yes, that that is true. I mean, the the kind of the the indicator is a good indicator is when you see duplicated code 
But what you're really looking for, I think, is business logic in multiple places that is the same. Yeah. So, so basically, as a general rule, you should try to keep your code dry because there are benefits to that. The three main benefits that I came up with and that I saw people mention as well is number one is it's easier to maintain because if something happens, if something breaks or you need to do a modification, there's only one place to go fix it. As opposed to if you copy the code in four modules, now you got to go to those four modules and make the code changes in all those places and remember to hit all four. The other benefit is that it reduces bugs because maybe you forgot to update all the redundant code that you've been writing. <laughs> so if you make a change and then suddenly, oh, I got to go into all these modules. Oh, I've never done that. that. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is that also promotes reuse because it's a good practice because now you're abstracting common code into dedicated classes or modules. So it just makes it easier to maintain the code, keeping things in essentially one place. Right. And the whole concept of plugins and gems kind of is because people were following this dry principle even before they had this term and said, hey, we can just extract this out and just plop it in everywhere that we need it instead of reproducing it. Yep. So definitely good thing to do, but then the question is, are there cases where you shouldn't follow this particular guideline? And came up with some reasons that some people gave, and I thought of some of these myself, of course. But one is potential premature optimization. So if you are thinking ahead, like a couple of steps ahead, and you're thinking, oh, I should, you know, I'm coding this, I should actually make this its own module because I know I'm going to be doing something in the future. You want to be cautious of that. And like a lot of people say, you know, code to the specific and then get general when you have to. And this kind of goes back to the write everything twice. So just write everything once. Don't worry about trying to abstract stuff away into functions or modules. It's just, just write it out, get it working. And then the next time you're going to write the same thing twice, that's when you say, all right, how can we abstract things that out? That also kind of speaks to the Yagni principle. You ain't going to need it. Don't try yep. to abstract and, and think about things. Just write the code. And then later on, if you see yourself needing to abstract stuff, do it then. But until then, you ain't going to need it. Yep. And then this, the rule of three is also brought up in this case too, is some people say, you know, two times, some people say three times. But, but I found a very interesting comment by Sandy Metz, who's part of the Ruby community. And the quote was, duplication is far cheaper than the wrong abstraction. Absolutely. Which, exactly. So it was a great quote. I wanted to mention that I, that someone had mentioned that I found. So the, the other reason where you may want to, may not want to do dry is um, there's going to be potential for an independent change ahead. So if you kind of know something may eventually branch or there's a reason that this 
duplication is there, there's going to be an independent change eventually. Again, this is might be the reverse side of premature optimization. You're planning for a split of something, but you may want to tolerate some redundancy if you anticipate something's changing in the future. Um, the next one is just for sheer redundancy. And I'll kind of mention this while I had that in there is talking about my own application. Like it was first designed to do, it's a product for nonprofits. So it was first designed to do online giving. So there's this whole sequence of processing and online giving form. Well, then one of my customers says, well, what about doing event registrations? So I said, well, okay. So I could have gone very dry in it because essentially they're processing forms. So I could have done it exactly using a ton of reuse, but I actually purposefully introduced some redundancy into it because I still wanted to keep them a bit separate. Now they are distinct, like an online giving form, it's not gonna have attendees coming to it. <laughs> and there's very special things like that can happen with online giving. So there's still differences, but I purposefully kept them separate because when I wanted to update something that would affect the giving, I didn't want to to cause an issue with event registrations. So I kind of purposely wanted to keep a little bit of a firewall in there. Now, it's just a little bit of one because, for example, there's still a common object called a form and there's common fields that are used between them. So there is a ton of reuse that's being done already, but like there's still more than I'm typically comfortable, comfortable with code duplication in there just for, for some redundancy because I wanted to kind of keep them relatively independent from changes because I didn't want to necessarily break anything. Yeah. So have you ever heard of anyone else doing that? Oh, sure. I, I've done that. Okay. I mean, and I will say this. There are times where copy-pasting code is probably the most appropriate solution at least for the for the specific situation you're in but it should always that operation should always make you uncomfortable and and send bells and whistles off in your head going oh uh, let me think about this is this correct yeah cuz even today i was like i needed to render something on a the page. And I knew I had code in this other place that did it, but I was like, eh, it's not going to be that hard, you know? So I started typing it out because I, there was some overhead with calling the module to, it basically does a lot of extra stuff. So I didn't want to use it. Um, it, it was a class, not, not a module. So I didn't really want to reach for it at first, but as I started going through it, since like, uh, there's a lot of logic in here. <laughs> so I looked at it and I was like, you know, it's worth the cost. So I just said, all right, use the existing class to pull it up and boom, done. So, yeah. So I started doing it and I'm like, eh. and then I said, all right, 
I'm going to just go back and use it, even though maybe a little bit of a performance overhead. Well, and there's also, I mean, so this is one of the places where there's a big difference between theory and practice, right? In theory, the theory is you should never have duplicated code. The practical world says you may not have time to properly abstract your code, so duplicated code is the lesser of the evils here because delivery is a feature. You know, I have to yeah. deliver a product at some point. I can't infinitely abstract stuff. At some point, I have to make a choice. Okay, yeah, I can I, I could fix this issue by copying code over in five minutes, or I can spend a week abstracting things properly. Yeah. You know. But you know that that is, you know, the cause of building technical debt that you'll probably eventually have to go back to and address. Yeah. Well, and I would say if you ever copy and paste code, you should put a comment. This is copied from and it needs to be refactored later. Yeah. So another issue where you may not want to be. So I, this kind of goes under the heading too dry like trying to abstract too much is that it can actually cause some confusion and complexity. Like someone was mentioning like localization complexity. So basically it's easier to look at and read a linear set of code, you know, do this, set this, change this, you know, whatever. But once you have multiple abstractions and bring in multiple classes or modules with functions that you then hit that line of code and you're like, oh wait, now I need to go look at this file to see what happens in this function. Oh, and then it calls this one. So I go over here and I read this file. Oh, and then it calls this one. You know, so now you're four or five, you know, jumps down in the rabbit hole tracing kind of what happens. So, not to say you shouldn't do that, but I'm just saying it introduces complexity when you do that. It's far easier to just read a linear set of code. Yeah, and I, I've never been a big fan of dry, a lot of dry in configuration type files um, because it just, it, a lot of times it's kind of pointless. Yeah, and I think you were talking about, you saw a case, and I've seen it myself, where someone was trying to dry up their controllers. So <laughs> There they... was a gem for this. Okay. So so basically, you could do one-line controller or something like that, mm -hmm. and basically you had to... But to me, that now makes it very rigid. Mm -hmm. in terms of you need to do something slightly different than what's been coded or now you're just going back to the drawing a board to write it. And then it's also a risk because now if any of that code changes, you've broken every single controller. Right. I mean, your test should catch it, but still. Yeah. Well, and, and just to be clear, this wasn't about just drying up your controllers. This was about taking dry to the nth degree where you didn't have the create update delete things in there they were all those the whole crud stack yeah, was abstracted yeah. up and you put configuration in your individual controllers well 
all that did was made the configuration very confusing <laughs> and and troubleshooting was worse. So yeah, that was too dry. I get the concept, but in practice that was just too much. Yeah. So and then uh, someone also mentioned unnecessary unnecessary coupling, like tying things together too much when you know the business use case is there should be separate entities. So that may be a case where you don't want to go dry. So basically, you know, a lot of this in terms of, and this is kind of how I've addressed it. Whenever I don't do something in a dry fashion, it sends, you know, alarms or bells, you know, go off. And I kind of assess, well, I think it's okay to do it in this case. Um, and I may even backtrack. I may say, it's fine to do it and I'll start doing it like I just mentioned, but then I'm like, Nope, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna do it in a dry manner or not. So and I want too many bells. Yep. So basically I think dry is basically the path you should follow, but it's okay to bend the rules and get a little wet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's another consideration here to dry as well in some languages more than others, but the more you abstract things and the more layers of classes and methods and stuff you have to go down to perform a function, the more processing overhead you're building into your process. So you've got a speed component here too. If I take one method and make it just gargantuan and it sequentially does all the stuff I need it to do, that's gonna be much faster in general, than splitting those out to separate methods and calling across those. Now, so that, that's going to be exacerbated in some um, some languages more than others. Like, you know, an, a non-compiled language like Ruby is going to have a little bit more of an effect generally with that than than something yeah. that's compiled down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in most cases, it's not a big enough thing to worry about. But I have had I have had instances where there is a huge operation that does millions of operations, you know, gets millions of requests passed through it, and has to be really really fast. And getting a a tenth of a tenth of a second out of it is a big deal. We've had to unabstract some things to get that little bit of extra speed out of there. So that is something to think about to keep in the back of your head if you get to very large implementations. Yeah. I mean, but for me, I think the cognitive load of too many abstractions is something someone's going to run into more frequently than a performance. Oh, issue. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, because I've read some different code where it's like, it literally, like I was describing, you have to jump through five different files or classes or methods that are being called in different modules to understand, okay, here's exactly what's going on in this process. This is why I don't like cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, this wasn't cucumber. This is just how the code was being written. Yeah, I know. But that that but, level of abstraction is sometimes oh, sure, just sure, too sure. much for um to to make troubleshooting and understanding the code simple enough. Yeah. And this kind of but that's kind of the result of dry is you know, like Ruby, a lot of Rubyists love the one line, the two line method things. So yeah, you know, <laughs> that's that's just driving towards that kind of leads you to this process of many functions jumping around, you know. And then particularly if you have a, or it could even be, even if you're in the same file, you may be calling, it could be a 500 line file that are calling four one line functions throughout the file that you still got to, you know, scroll up and down and get to and figure out what's going on. Yeah. So in, in your quest to dry things up, don't forget about readability and maintainability. Those are important factors. And sometimes it's more readable and more maintainable to duplicate a little bit of code. So I don't have to go jumping across contexts to understand what's going on. Now, I don't like to see it a lot, for sure. I mean, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of dry. Yeah. But it's, it's it's basically that's the way to go. But if you start, but if you think that's starting to cause problems with the kind of things we mentioned in terms of it'll cause too much confusion or too much complexity or too much coupling, or you think you're being premature and trying to optimize something, just, you know, it's okay to hold back a little bit and to maybe write something two or three times, potentially. Yeah, that that's much better. And you also need to, I mean, if you're, if you're doing a project to learn on, by all means, dry yourself crazy. But if you're in a business environment, which most of us who earn a paycheck from doing this are, sometimes have to make decisions between, look, you know, I can... I've got a problem that just came up. It's an emergency and I've got to fix it. And duplicating this code will fix it in five minutes versus I'm going to have to spend a week making sure this is completely dry. Duplicate the code, comment it, and come back to it later to work it out. Because a lot of times what I've found is when when that happens, it's usually not a big enough deal later to even worry about coming back to it's okay to have a little bit of duplicated code in your code base. It's not 100% ideal, but we don't live in a theoretical world. So, you know, it be uncomfortable with the copy-paste of code, but realize that sometimes that's okay. And you just have to. Yep. Better to put out the fire sooner than... <laughs> right. Because happy customers are more important than perfect code. Yep. <laughs> Assuming you want to keep they never, a paycheck. They never, they're, they're never going to see the code. Right. They don't give a crap Most if you've got time. duplicate code. They just want it to work. Um, yep. Yeah. So anyway, that's 
that's the ins and outs of dry. Uh, we would like to hear your thoughts on this, uh, especially if they are thoughts that oppose ours. We like to learn and we like to hear opposing viewpoints. So please do leave them in the comments below. If you enjoyed this, please don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, click the thumb buttons, click the bell button, just mash all the buttons and ding all the bells. You know how it goes. Uh, join us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for more Dev Talk and tell all your lovely friends. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the Jira incident. And it's not to throw shade. They did that well enough themselves. It's to look at this from an objective standpoint and see what can we learn from this and how can we be better um, from this experience. If you have a topic you'd like to see on the show, please leave it in the comments. Our podcasts are available in all the places that podcasts live. You can also go to our website at rubberduckdevshow.com to find all our podcast vidcasts and sign up for our newsletter. Also, if you want to see how horrible I am at Twitter, you can follow us on there at at DuckyDevShow. That's it for this week. Uh, till next week, happy programming. Happy programming.